0: And welcome to another edition of the Writing the Pine podcast. Here today in studio, we got myself, Brendan Snow, along with Andrew Zimmel, and a special guest, the boss himself, sports director, Parker Ray. We're going to be having a bunch of fun conversations today. We have the Super Bowl to cover, Texas State basketball on a short, a long week this week, not having a game on Thursday. Tough weekend for the men's this past weekend, good looking weekend for the women's. We're going to dive into all this stuff, softball around the corner, coming up next, so stay tuned.
1: NBC. 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 So, Brendan, like you mentioned before, or talked about the Eagles winning the Super Bowl 41 33. Tom Brady, still the greatest quarterback of all time. And still, if I could trade anybody to be my father, it would be him.
0: Yeah, I was a little shocked. I actually got a message. You know, I was walking up here to record this. I got a message from my friend. He said, Do you think Brady's legacy, this impacted his legacy at all? And I said, Not from a football standpoint. The only thing that would have affected him at all. Was him not shaking Nick Foles' hands after the game? Because we ridiculed Cam Newton for not doing that two years ago. That's you, you've true. got to apply the same to Tom Brady.
1: I want to say though, I'm super excited to have Parker in here with us because mm. now we can talk about how terrible
2: your life is. Yeah, well, Brendan, you know, I'm glad to be here, guys, and I'm glad uh, to be on Riding the Pine. You know, I actually wanted to talk about the Super Bowl some more and talk about Tom Brady getting a little bit of special treatment, like you said. I mean, no, not not really a lot of sportsmanship, no shaking hands, and what what's the deal with that? I mean. Tom um, Brady's just going to get that special treatment. It kind of kind of bothers me a little bit, but, you know, it is what it is. Here's what I'm going to say, though, because we talked about this last night.
1: Uh, I'm going to tell a story before we get into it, though. So we're sitting at the Super Bowl party. A uh, big shout-out to my guys uh, at Copper who kind of set us up and had a great time, but I ate too much food. Brandon, you can attest to this. I don't know how much food you eat, Parker, uh, but no. let me tell you. I ate way too much. Uh, we, you know— it was it was just it was too much. I ended up throwing up after the Eagles won the Super Bowl. I felt like that was a super, you know, a very Philly thing of me to do. So I, <laughs> please forgive me. The rest of the world, what happened? So anyway, but back to the game. We were talking. We we're walking around, and Brendan kind of explains to me why his life is so terrible. And mm-hmm. you, being the super Astros fan that you are, yeah. you really can you know help me jump on this. So Brendan Snow watched. His in-state rival, the Houston Astros, win not only a World Series but a World Series in arguably the greatest fashion that anybody's won a World Series. This is up there with the Yankees winning the World Series after 9/11. The Harvey Hurricane Harvey destroyed Houston, and now the Astros are able to bounce back, you know, and win in such a amazing fashion.
2: It was a great performance for the Astros because I mean, the Hurricane Harvey thing really, you know, tied everything together, and it was just the best way to end a World Series. Go in seven games with the Dodgers. Beating the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Dodgers in that order. Best moment of my life. And I know, uh, you know, obviously, Cowboys underachieving this year probably even added to that. Brendan just having a bad sports year overall. Oh, wait, there's one more. Uh, Yeah, you got (laughs) to think about this.
1: The Rangers go to the World Series twice, lose twice, right? Mm -hmm. Not only does his rival in-state win the World Series, but now his rival in his conference, the Cowboys, biggest rival arguably Mm -hmm. Philadelphia Eagles, they now host the Lombardi Trophy. It's tough to be Brendan wait, Snow. Wait,
0: wait, you're forgetting one too. I'm an LSU Tiger fan. Oh, the Alabama, no, Clemson Tide, Alabama Clemson Tide, Alabama just won another title. So I'm t- all I get to do is just watch my worst enemies be happy. And
1: <laughs> you know, it's you know.
0: I just can't catch a break right now with any of these sports teams. The Ma- and right now, what I'm watching the Mavericks be the worst team in the Western mm-hmm. Conference. I'm watching Houston, you know, be favorites to get to at least the conference finals and
1: San have a shot at the not Warriors. Doing too bad. So yeah, I- it's it's terrible to be Brendan Snow in the year 2018.
2: I'm not complaining. Times are good right now, but I'm just telling you I'm telling you what. At least see the Philadelphia Eagles winning the Super Bowl was that not, like is worst is it's like the worst possible scenario could happen. I mean, do you hate the yes. Eagles more than especially, any other expect,
0: team? Especially because they would never had a ring before. They, this is their first ever Super Bowl. So one of the biggest running jokes you could always run as a Cowboy mm-hmm. fan is you know oh we you don't have you don't have any rings. Yes, they were the one team in the NFC East who had no championships. I, I
2: was about to say this. You know, it's this is one city that probably doesn't deserve a championship. It's Philadelphia. I don't <laughs> think I, I don't think any other sports. I don't think if you're if you're not a sports fan, you don't know just how bad Philly fans are. If you are a sports fan,
1: you know twice as well how <laughs> bad Philly's been. My thing is, we talk about in 2009, the Lakers win the title, and they destroy the city of Los Angeles, right? The city of Angels burned to the ground, and the next year when they win the title and in seven games against the Boston Celtics, we saw a much calmer situation. I don't see Philly ever being calm. I think that every time their, cha- their team wins a championship, it gets you know bonkers. Did you see this though? ESPN statistics says that they are only I want to say the fourth team now to have a Super Bowl, a Stanley Cup, a World Series, and a uh, Larry O'Brien Trophy come to their city. Really? Yeah, New York, Boston, LA are the only other three.
0: That's something I hadn't thought about, but yeah. And most of those in Philadelphia have come. I don't want to say recently, but the Phillies wasn't you know Phillies was what nine years yeah nine years ago. Then you had the Eagles. I don't know when the Flyers won it, and 76ers has been a while, but, you know, just the process.
2: I was just going to say, guys, I wanted to know if you guys were, is there really a team you guys really just wanted to win so bad? Because I was watching the Super Bowl, and I was like, if Brady wins another one, it's not going to mean anything to me. If the Eagles win, I'm going to be a little bit, I guess, mad because Philadelphia shouldn't be a happy place, but... (laughs) Uh, you know, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Is going to make a great season thirteen. That's exactly, so, that exactly what I said, to Andrew. I'm pretty weeks pumped ago. about that.
0: <laughs> I said that would be the one positive of Philly winning is we get a good, a really good episode.
1: Uh, Brandon and I root for the 76ers Like that's kind of the team that we both have decided, you know, to kind of root for. I will say this: I, I was rooting hard against the Eagles at the beginning because you know they kicked the crap out of my Vikings. Mm-hmm. But now, hindsight, we're the third best team in the NFL. You know, if they had a third place ribbon, the Vikings get it because they had a better record than the Jaguars, and they also, you know, lost the Super Bowl, the eventual Super Bowl champions. So, stuff.
2: Yeah, I mean, anytime you lose against the uh, Super Bowl champions, you can't be too mad. That's why when the Rockets uh, well, Rockets lost to the Spurs, I was actually rooting for the Spurs to beat the Warriors last year, and, well, that didn't work out too well. But. Cool, I got hurt. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Zaza, Petruia, you know, I'll go
0: ahead and say it. If you're going by the transit of property, which you do so often in Texas State football. The Cowboys beat the Eagles this year, six to nothing, in Week 17.
1: Yeah, you know that's that's with
0: all the backups playing for Philly.
1: I want to talk about. I talked about this on Bobcat Radio. If you listen to Bobcat Radio, uh, I thought it was an okay show, but uh, I talked about this on Bobcat Radio with Alex. I said, "Who would you rather trade?" I want to hear what you guys have to say because you're not going to keep Foles and Wince. One of them has to go. You think, right? So, which one do you get rid of?
0: I still think you're you get you're getting rid of Foles. You, I know what he just did was great, but I mean. Carson Wentz was the MVP front runner pretty much going into it. They traded up for him two years ago to him to be the second pick. They really have a lot of stock in Carson Wentz. They want him to be the guy for the next ten years. Foles, he he almost retired this past the I think last year. So he,
1: so did Kurt Warner.
2: Let's just calm down. With so that so, you so you
0: don't know how much you could really get out of him. He, you know, obviously he's older. I still think you stick with Wentz.
2: I have an interesting res- perspective on this because of the uh, the Houston Texans actually did uh, overpay a backup quarterback who won a Super Bowl, and that was Brock Eisweiler, and that turned out to be crap for them. So if Nick, so I think the I think Philadelphia can get a, probably a lot more money out of Foles right now if they trade him now. They think he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. He beat Brady. He went toe to toe. He had some great games. Cash out on Foles. Get rid of him. And a lot of I'm sure there's some dumb teams out there that would overpay him, and you know. But I think Carson Wentz, you keep him. He's the future. It depends on the ACL thing. But I think coming from a Houston Texans perspective, I know there's a lot of teams out there that really need a quarterback, and we know Foles is going to get paid either way. Wentz is probably a lock. I don't know if you get rid of Wentz. I, you have to, you have to, you have to get rid of one because they're both starters. So, Wentz really did nothing to let you down other than t- tearing his ACL, yeah. trying
0: to trying to score a touchdown for your team. Yeah. But look, I tweeted it during Super Bowl yesterday. I said, "Y'all going to keep hyping." T- TF out of Nick Foles and he's going to get a mega deal this offseason and suck it up because that's what the quarterbacks always do and I said I hope you guys are happy
1: so here's what happens so every time I go anywhere I have to be the odd man out and I'm not the odd man out because I honestly believe Nick Foles is better than Carson Wentz and let me tell you why Nick Foles is from the greatest state in the entire United States you know what state that is oh well, I know it's Texas it's North Texas Texas. <laughs> Texas breeds the best quarterbacks the best athletes in the entire world how are you going to trade the guy who just won you your first title? Because I don't think Carson Wentz wins that Super Bowl. I don't. I honestly don't think so. I think it takes a Texas kid to win that Super Bowl yesterday against the greatest quarterback of all time, against the greatest coach of all time. Nick Foles goes anywhere else, probably doesn't win. He kind of lucked into a system where the Philadelphia Eagles had a very good defense, had a very good you know, uh, system set up for him. I don't trade Nick Foles. I trade Carson Wentz. I try to get at least three first-round picks for him. Uh-oh. Sam Bradford won for two.
2: I was just going to say, throw this question up. So you don't think Carson Wentz wins that game for Philadelphia? Nope. That's interesting.
0: This is me putting on my best uh, Stephen A. Smith face, if you will. (laughs) That is blasphemous. (laughs) You're telling me because the kid is from Texas, it took a Texas kid to win that. What what does that mean? So so the last 51 Super Bowl winners have been Texas kids? What what are you going on about, Andrew?
1: It's going pretty good, though. (laughs) There's been a lot of Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks who are from Texas, Drew Brees being the most famous of them. So far, I will say, like, come on, think of all the quarterbacks in the NFL. You know which state brings the most, breeds the most NFL quarterbacks, NFL ready quarterbacks? <laughs> Texas, Matthew Stafford, Andy Dalton, Drew Brees, Nick Foles. Come on, Westlake right now is looking like the best high school in the world right now. Two Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, they got Drew Brees and Nick Foles. Come on, I don't understand how you get rid of Nick Foles. This guy gave you the Super Bowl. This is the best thing that happened to your city. Since, you know, people started putting cheese on steak and a bread and since Rocky beat Apollo Creed. That's really the only two things that has happened in your city that is great. You got Charles Barkley. Yeah, you got you got a, you know, a title in the 80s. That's great. You you know, the Phillies won a title recently. That's great. But this is arguably the biggest thing to
2: happen to your city since Ben Franklin got struck by lightning. Okay. (laughs) Do you, do you guys ever think there's a possibility where they keep both Carson Wentz and Nick Foles and just have Nick Foles start and maybe have Carson Wentz just ready in the wings? So here's what happens
1: in that situation. You know, we've done this before, and it's called the Tim Tebow effect. You can't have a backup quarterback who's better or potentially better than your starter.
2: What a lot of, what a lot of people think is better, except you're saying the experience Nick Foles got in the playoffs makes him better, right? He's undefeated. Mm-hmm. He's undefeated this season.
0: I, don't know, I still don't see them going away from the. Uh, well, Carson Wentz is like twenty two or twenty three. He's young, and he's on a rookie contract, so r- it's a
1: nice it's a nice contract to have for your salary cap.
0: Yeah, and no, not. No.
1: that's really the only thing I can think of.
0: Yeah, you know they're, they're putting that team together. They're putting it together. They're putting it together to play well around Carson Wentz, and then they brought in Nick Foles, who also, you know, he had a uh, extensive knowledge being with Doug Peterson. He was he played under Doug Peterson at Kansas
1: City, and he came back and played with him in Philly here, so he knew the system very well. I'm gonna say this. They said the same thing when Michael Vick went down in the first time. Nick Foles was in Philadelphia. He threw six touchdowns. That's in one game. How, how how do you go away from this guy?
0: Because then we saw him, then we saw him playing the Rams and he lost his starting job. And that was, he was that was Jeff Fisher. That was not Nick. Okay, Foles. so give credit to the coach, not the quarterback. You didn't you, you did not just give any credit to Doug Peterson. No, you no, no. gave all the credit to Nick Foles. Okay. Nick Foles,
1: Nick Fole, okay. Nick just, Foles, Nick Foles raised above what would have been. Jeff Fisher has killed
2: quarterback. He's a quarterback killer. We we I was going to say we do need to give credit to Doug Peterson because he just flat out out-coached Bill Belichick in that Stop game. It. He went for it two times in that game and both moves were really gutsy and it paid off big time. One led to a Nick Foles touchdown catch. I'm just saying. All right. Good. Okay. The, 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 I will say I will say yeah.
1: he did he did think.
2: I think he out He outcahooned <laughs> Bill Belichick. I I was about to say maybe not. He probably (laughs) didn't. Now, think Doug Peterson strikes me as kind of a simple guy, but he's like, you know what? (laughs) Uh, If I have to be more aggressive to beat Bill Belichick, that's what I'm gonna do. And he, they were aggressive from for the all 48 minutes. I mean, you got to get our 60 minutes. You got to give them credit for the calls he made.
1: I want to go down the list right real quick and pick the biggest what moment were you like okay this is this is what is going to swing the game cuz I have my moment I think you have your moment Parker what moment in that game did you say this is it this is this is the deciding factor
2: Well uh, there was a lot of key moments and there was a lot of moments about like what's a catch what's not a catch I'm going to go with just a simple football move moment when Malcolm Jenkins floored Brandon Cooks and Brandon Cooks just was dead on the field That's it. For me, that set the tone for Philly. It's like Philly's not here to play around. Philly wants to win this, and I don't know the New England Patriots. They looked kind of, they didn't look shocked or anything, but they were just kind of like, "Well, this Philly defense is for real." Well, here's I'm going to piggyback off that. Brandon
1: Cooks and we talk about this a lot uh, about the the system that's set up. Brandon Cooks was the guy. He was the Randy Moss of the team. He was the guy that was going to take the high safety away and bring the corner with him. Right? You couldn't you couldn't mm-hmm. not double team him or Gronk which gave the entire opening of the field. The uh, The New England offense is pretty much primarily played between the defensive line and the linebackers and the linebackers and the safeties. That's usually where the two spots that Bill Belichick's offense tries to go. You either have Gronk going short and Hogan going long, or Hogan was really the guy la- last night that was kind of going in between the linebackers and uh, defensive line, and Gronk was trying to take the top of the defense, especially when Cook got hurt. Once Cook got hurt, they moved from going in a zone, which was the Patriots were eating up to having to play more man and we saw a lot especially in that fourth quarter when Brady was trying to make something out of nothing that they just had three guys on Gronkowski you know they had a safety a linebacker and the corner Mm -hmm. running on Gronkowski you know it's it's difficult um there's that play and then the play that they didn't convert with Tom Brady going for a pass I don't understand in what world you don't have Tom Brady throwing fourth down. Like, that trick play doesn't make sense to me. He's not an athletic quarterback. Cam Newton, maybe, you know, you Carson Wentz, Russell Wilson, that makes sense. But a 40-year-old slow-footed, like, my dad runs faster than that, you know? My, my play is kind of a
0: tale of two plays. So, maybe a, maybe a couple more plays than that. So, we know the Patriots tried that passing play, that trick play. They tried to throw to Brady. Missed. And we just talked about Philly came, Philly came right back with it on fourth down from the, from the two yard line they ran almost an identical looking play to slip Nick Foles out into the into the end zone for easy touchdown which actually I saw this morning he had run that play in high school too
1: and I want to say this that's an illegal he wasn't in a legal formation he lined up behind the tackle before when the ball was snapped
0: I see I've seen words back and forth I don't really remember where he was he might have been
1: it kind of reminds me of in two thousand thirteen I think we all remember when Ray Allen hit the legendary shot against the Spurs there was a lot of talk that his foot was on the line. There was a couple plays where his foot might have been on the line, maybe like take a three, make it a two type of situation. I kind of feel like that's how this is going to be. New England's going to remember this is maybe like a, an illegal formation, but the rest of us are going to say it was a touchdown. I just want to put that out there.
0: And then, But the other thing would, would be for me, so that was the Eagles going for it on fourth, fourth and goal from the two. The Patriots uh, earlier in that first half, they had a fourth and one from the eight, went with the field goal. And I think that's the one they missed when they uh, botched the snap and they missed that field goal. It was fourth and one from the eight. They didn't go for it. And then later they had, you know, fourth and six from the 35 and they decided to go for that. And I, just those, those three fourth down decisions, I think, played a big factor in this game and pretty much determined it.
2: Did you guys think the league was kind of turning away from the Patriots a little bit and moving to the next chapter? Because it seemed to me there was a lot of 50-50 calls that could have gone the Patriots way and didn't necessarily go their way. Let me tell you something about the New England Patriots. They have been,
1: the league has been going after these guys for the last 10 years, okay? Let me put that out there. The last 10 years. No, I mean, there has there has been a lot. There were 50-50 plays, and I agree, Roger Goodell might, I don't know, might have had his hand on it. I'm not going to say for sure, but I could see it happening.
0: Yeah, hey, I kind of, uh, I, wouldn't, I wasn't going to be completely surprised, I don't say I was expecting it, but I wouldn't have been surprised if on that last Hail Mary attempt, if they would have got some ticky-tacky P.I. call would have got the ball moved up to the one-yard line. But, you know, if the refs make that call in that situation, the league's never going to hear the end of it about the Patriots getting the benefit of the call.
2: Yeah, this, the Patriots are so divisive. It's like either way you do it, you, you side with them, people are going to hate you. You side against them, people are going to hate you. It's just like, I don't know. I think at the end of the day, Philly winning may have – do you think Philadelphia winning the Super Bowl was good for the NFL, that the Patriots didn't win another one, or do you think this Super Bowl really just didn't matter? Well, uh,
0: uh, uh, uh. Andrew only likes dynasties, so he's gonna say it's terrible.
2: Think about the think about
1: the fans in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. The NFL right now has been, you know, more of a the blue collar people, people, you know, the average day Joes who watch the NFL on Sundays are starting to turn away from it. They don't like the politicizing. They don't like, you know, maybe the injuries. I think Philadelphia winning it, being such a blue collar city, I think that does help. I think that helps the NFL. I
0: I think more also other teams can look at how they're built i kept hearing so much about how many free agent signings the Eagles made this past season uh you know signing le garrett signing a bunch of these guys on defense uh how bunch do of you not my, my okay i just want uh, chris I long
1: i don't want to interrupt you but how do you not re-sign blunt after what he did in the super bowl last year like if you're the patriots and now you see him yeah. just tear up your defense this year
0: nah, that's the patriots mold they believe everyone, everyone except for basically the quarterback is interchangeable that's how they've always been. They, they never had that star running back.
2: Yeah, I think the Patriots are starting to be in a little bit of trouble now because, you look, they didn't win this year. They got rid of Jimmy G. Do you think that's the last great performance we're going to see from Tom Brady? Or... I want to say yes.
1: I don't see a 41-year-old Tom Brady playing that well again. And this is, again, this is from a Vikings fan who saw Brett Favre give everything but, you know, his soul to the field. I, I don't see this, especially the hits he was taking. That offensive line needs to be revamped. I don't see a way that this this Patriots team I don't know if they get back here next year, especially the way that the Steelers are set up. They got embarrassed this year. Jacksonville blew a lead. I mean I I don't I don't know if these guys come back.
0: Have you guys not been watching the past like five years? Of the NFL, when we we say this every single season, Tom Brady's too old now. Tom Brady's too old now. The man just won MVP at age forty.
1: I, I just he, just, well,
0: he just threw for five hundred yards in the Super Bowl at age forty.
1: Brett Favre was in top four for for MVP voting his when he was forty. Okay, well, okay I, I, I'm, I, I, I'm not calling
0: Tom Brady Brett Favre. I'm not calling Brett Favre Tom Brady. They're, they're two completely different individuals.
1: I don't know if they are. I think they're both gunslingers.
0: Yeah, you've seen the Tom Brady diet and routine, everything he does.
2: Yeah, Tom Brady's crazy, but you think okay, there's rumors that Gronk leaves. If Gronk leaves, the team starts to change a little bit and the defense still remains uh defense Bad. is still a mess. You think Tom Brady's just gonna, you know, say, I got five rings, I'm out, or you think he's still gonna stay with the Patriots. Even if say even Belichick's had enough of Robert Kraft, say he's I, out too. What what do you do then when the dynasty starts to crumble? Does t- does Tom Brady sink with the ship? I don't think he does. I think I, he catches out.
0: I see Bel- I see Belichick leaving before Brady.
1: Here's Mm -hmm. the other thing too. People like our age because we're all in our twenties. We we never saw the Patriots, you know, stink, Mm -hmm. but for the majority of their history, they were not a good franchise. (laughs) (laughs) They are not a franchise that people like like the Steelers. They're not the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. They're they're not a well. They're not the Cowboys. Yeah, we'll go with that. They're not the Cowboys. You yeah, know, Cowboys uh, are still
2: considered America's team to some extent. A lot of viewership comes from the Cowboys. So the, the Patriots
1: aren't that. They started as you know a bunch of guys who they won the Super Bowl against all odds with a backup quarterback, a <clears throat> la Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. And you saw what happened there. They had Tom Brady, or they had Drew Bledsoe. They went to Tom Brady. I, I don't understand how you get rid of Nick Foles.
0: How, how, how'd you bring the conversation all the way back to that? That is not what this <laughs> conversation was on.
1: Cause I'm a genius.
0: Now I'm gonna ask you guys: Are are we ready to move on, touching some other things? Yeah, I'm can, ready to move can, on. We move on from the Super Bowl. You, you'll be able to catch Super Bowl coverage probably all week on Bobcat Radio. Well, also that happened this past weekend. You know, if you were sad after Saturday because the Texas State Bobcats lost, the Texas State men's team lost at home to Appalachian State, fifty nine fifty six. Maybe the Super Bowl cheered you up. Maybe the Super Bowl made you even sadder, like Andrew. I don't know, but guys, I wasn't that sad. Texas State lost at home once again, 59-56. The Mountaineers, they couldn't. The same story. The offense, they couldn't score. Was,
1: I, I want to point this out. The offense that we've been harping on so long that this is not a very, you know, it's not a dominant offense. They they don't show up. They can't get in the paint. You can't. There's no ball movement. There's very little. You know, uh, guys like making sharp cuts. There's very, like I said, off-ball screens. Um, and we'll say this
2: though. You see how many free throws they shot. No, I missed
0: that. What was number
2: seventeen? <laughs> uh, well, I was gonna say I like the fact uh, the team looked good on offense in the first half. I think they were shooting something like fifty percent or something like that, over fifty percent. But then they kind of died down in the second half. I, I would like the four position to get more production. Nedja Priovich, he only took like three shots, made two of them. Alex Peacock, I think went two for three, got eight points. For me personally, I think those two guys have to get more, get more the ball in their hands more and shoot a little bit more because they look like good players, but for some reason. Casper, I don't know if he just doesn't want to run the offense through them or what the deal is, but I feel like those are two talented players that really just haven't gotten a lot of touches.
0: Well, before I touch on my other point, touching on that, Riley Chestnut brought up a good point to me a couple weeks ago. He said, you know, Nigel Pearson's listed as a guard. He played last year all – I mean, I guess he was kind of the small forward, de facto small forward, but he's more of a guard type. He's been starting at that small forward position all year at just 6'5". Slide Neja to the 4, slide Peacock to the 3, slide Neja up to the two. You can have Blunt come off the bench. Uh, I don't see why, why Texas State hasn't changed their starting lineup but in a while. But that makes
1: too much sense, they, they haven't
0: changed their lineup in a while. You know, coaches by now, when you're struggling, you start changing things up. We could see something different soon.
1: No, it's it's ride and die. Like, you, it's ride and die. This is the
2: system. Nobody talks back. That's just how it's going to be. Yeah. Danny Casper strikes me as a defensive-minded Mike D'Antoni. No changes, no adjustment at all. Uh, Dan Tony just says keep shooting threes, keep shooting threes. D'Antoni um Caspers like, "Oh, keep playing hard, keep playing defense, we'll get there. We'll grind it out." I know you're a Manuel King fan,
1: Parker, so I want to I want to talk to you about this. Uh,
2: Manuel King on offense, give him a grade. Oh, give him a grade on offense? I You know I guys, I went with this whole Manuel King thing and it kind of blew up. On uh, I mean, the dude can't do very much. I mean, he can lay it in somewhat in traffic, not a whole lot. He can do he's under he's I guess he's undersized for a center. You know, he's a wide body, that's kinda of why I like him, and when he's dominating the glass, he's he's helpful. But on offense I wouldn't give him much of a I guess if I had to give him a grade, it would probably be like a C minus or yeah, something like exactly. that. Exactly.
1: He's a slow body, great on defensive player. He is just he's just a lumbering guy. He doesn't have any post moves. He well, takes up the paint.
0: I would say they like to go to him in the post because he can score over that shoulder. But the thing is, his post moves are too slow. They, f- they feed the post. Well, it's not just his fault. They feed the post. He gets no space around him because the players aren't clearing out. They're not cutting through. And you'll hear, as soon as Emmanuel King gets a ball in a post-up situation, you'll hear Casper yelling, move, get out, move. All these players moving around him. He gets other hands. Now, slapping at the ball, and he's kind of crowded. But, you know, if he has time and space to operate, I think, I'm not saying he can score at will, but he has a good chance. If you
1: could just have one knockdown shooter, if we just had one guy that was shooting 40% from three so a guy or just somebody that the defense had to trail to take a little bit of pressure off the interior offense it'd be a totally different game but nobody is a dominant scorer also if you want you watch uh Trey Nottingham who I'm a big fan of huge fan of Trey Nottingham boom but dribble, dribble 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 waiting for the offense to set up I, I, I want a little bit of, you know, a spark. I want Danny Casper to take the handcuffs off these guys and let them get to the hole. You take 20 free throws a game. Great. The first half of that game earlier, I want to say the Thursday game, you took, what, three free throws in the first half and 17 in the second half. Why aren't you trying to get to the free throw line? If that is the offense that you want to run, a, you know, get fouled, shoot free throws type of offense, why aren't you moving? Why aren't you get, trying to get to the hole?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of things we get nitpicky at, like. It's not nitpicky, I, it's no, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying like we can say, oh, they're not, sh- they're not getting to the free throw line earlier. So there's a bunch of things going into that, like how poor we don't say it enough. How poorly Nigel Pearson sh- shoots, and it has been shooting. He shoots 38% from the field on the season. Look at just some of his last games: four of 15, four of 13, five of 14, seven of 17, two
1: of 13. His last five. Who besides Tasha Levitt are you asking to shoot 16 times? Like, I'm, I'm being completely honest. In men's and women's basketball, who are you asking to shoot no, sixty? yards? Well, I would say
2: in, in women's basketball, you would you would be okay with Taylor Deere doing it as well. I would think Toshua Levitt, Taylor Deere. Besides that, you go over to the men's side of things. It's like watching two completely different teams. It's like a – could have sports. I don't, I don't even yes. know if you want you, – you don't really want those guys shooting – you rather just them guys lay it up and go into to the paint. But, you know, you can't compete with other teams when they're knocking down threes. Like, that Shabazz kid from uh, – What's the team Ron, you just Ron got George done Bez, playing? Appalachian yeah. State. Yeah, Appalachian State. Oh, he looks so much bigger. The teams we play just look stronger. I'm not talking about taller, but they just look wider, wide body. They just look stronger. I don't know if they're lifting more weights. I don't know if their weightlifting routines better than ours or what. But the players, the players from other teams look better conditioned, and they look stronger. So I don't know what it comes down to in we, the end. We saw that Coastal game on Thursday.
1: We got White Guys Duncan. <laughs> I'm just saying, like that's a if that's a
0: benchmark for how good this other team is. And like, yeah, you know, we're seeing these Coastal Carolina guys do you know some windmills and warm ups some fancy dunks. Uh, we're seeing our guys do some high finger rolls, some <laughs> so, some some no, fundamental uh, elbow jumpers. I think
1: part of that is Casper like no smiling, don't don't you know act don't act a fool type of offense. I don't know. I just, it's frustrating now that it's, this is like the, I don't know about you guys, but it's like every single week we get on the show and we say, hey, we need the offensive run. Hey, we need the offense to do better. Hey, 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 it's its not doing anything. And
0: going on from that to the women's side where things were just complete polar opposite and so much different. They beat Appalachian State on Saturday, 92 to 50, a season high 92 points. Uh, Taylor, Taylor Deer has a big game at 16 points, eight assists. Tasha Levitt. Drops 19 points and hits five more threes. Uh, Pierre, Tierra Pitts gets uh, 15 points in the first, or 15 points in the game, but she had a double double in the first half. That's what I was shooting for. 15 points and what was a rebound. I was at, I'm talking about Erica May. Erica May did that, right? Yeah. Pitts well, uh, had a good on, game. Let's start over. I'm about to start Erica over. May had a double
2: double. You're right, but Erica May, but talk, Tierra Pitts didn't.
0: You know, Taylor Deere had a big game with 16 points, 8 assists, 4 steals. Tasha Levitt had 19 points, 3 assists. Erica May had a first-half uh, double-double. She finished with 12 points and 11 rebounds. Tierra Pitts finished with 15 points. It was just, you know, you see a lot of players scoring for the women's team as opposed to the men. Parker, I know you called that game on Saturday. But what's special about this team?
2: Yeah, this the special thing about it is I asked Brant Freeman and Bill Cohen, and they basically told me, hey, the offense for this team is probably as good since 1996 or 95, somewhere in there. Bill Colhane even texted me and said this offense is special. All five starters can score the score the basketball. Erica May likes Celine more on the defense, and Tierra Pitts didn't really get a whole lot from her to start the season, but now she has evolved and now she's a she's a scorer that can get you like 10 to 15 points a game now. And so this team is dangerous. They put up 92, which is a season high. Maybe even go back longer than this season, but who, no, this team who, is dangerous. There was
1: one other time they scored 90 points. Who was it against? Pop quiz. Come on. Think about it. Little uh, brother down the road, UTSA. No. 91-38.
0: That, is, yeah, that was a score. In
1: December. Yes, sir. So this is a very dominant team. This is a team that you know does a, a lot very well on offense, underrated, underneath the uh, radar, something that you guys don't talk about, their defense. They're playing excellent defense. They're forcing uh, other teams well, to take bad shots. It's like talking about the Warriors. No one talks about the Warriors' defense, even though it's best in the league every year. I talk about the Warriors' defense. I'm a defensive guy, Brendan. I got my nose to the grind. Let me tell you something. This defense is killing it because Taylor Deere and Tasha Levitt don't need to exert themselves so hard on defense because Erica May and the rest of that you know team does a very good job of, I think, uh, I think they do a really good job of disguising. Because if you go down, I think Taylor Deere might. I don't know if I'd put Taylor Deere... As the best defender, even though she did have a um, game-high four steals in that game against App State, I wouldn't I wouldn't say she's like the greatest defender. But all these players are pretty good defensive players.
2: I would point out Brooke Hawley on the low key. She's a hustler. She plays really good defense as well, and she's got a good three-point shot. There's a lot of players like that that can come in, play great defense off the uh, effort-wise and. Really step up. This team's fun to watch. No,
1: I want to explain something. I want to do a definition. So we're going to do a definition on the show. X-Factor. X-Factor means a player who you don't know what they're going to do. An X-Factor would be J.R. Smith or Lou Williams in the NBA. You don't know if they're going to blow up for 40 points or if they're going to blow up for four points, right? Somebody you don't really know what what they're going to bring to the table. Brooke Holly is not an X-Factor anymore. Brooke Holly is a solid role player on this team. If you were going to rate him, I'd say she's the third best player. Say behind Taylor and Tosh. Third best player. So she's no longer an X Factor. We need to stop sleeping on Brook Holly. I think the amazing thing is you could
0: you can maybe get you can get away with calling her the third best third player right now, but you can make an argument for Tierra Pitts or Erica May to be that third player. That's how good and deep this team is.
2: Yeah, it's weird because there's really not a whole lot of X factors now because you can just straight up trade them off and you you know every player has the ability to score now. I think for a while the X Factor was Tierra Pitts. Some games she would go off, some games she wouldn't. Brook Holly's consistent, you know, she's a three and D person. And then besides that, you just have a lot of you know solid bench players coming off. There's really, I don't know, it's hard to point out to see who, who the X Factor really is, what you're going to get from these girls, but they're going to perform well.
1: I said if I was going to put all my money, I'd put this team for the team to get to the Sunbelt Sun Championship. Out of all the teams that are at Texas State, this looks like the team that's going to go the deepest.
0: Yeah, definitely. At first, I was a little iffy on them. I was leaning more towards the men's team, but now I've, I've basically jumped ship. I'm on this women's team only time we see, saw them struggle this year is against the Little Rock and UL, ULL. You know, they get another chance at ULL here in a week and a half, the day after uh, Valentine's Day on next Thursday on the 15th. So they get another chance at them in the Cajun Dome for some redemption. And then maybe you get at Little Rock again in the tournament. So looking ahead for the women's team, they get UTA on Saturday, ULL next Thursday, and then ULM the Saturday after that on the 17th, all on the road
1: Real quickly, do you see that UTSA or UTA game being a uh, trap game?
0: I, st- I wouldn't call it necessarily a trap game because you get you know, almost a week in between with the, whole, the full five days, and you get a week to prepare for it. I think it might be the opposite of a trap game. I think they're going to be ready for that one.
2: I think uh, it's going to be a trap road trip, the whole three-game <laughs> road trip before they finish off the season. Uh, they need to at least – I mean, I would like for them to win all three, but they need to at least go two and one. This road trip can be a little bit iffy. Um, these girls play good. They play great at home. They need to continue that. There's some. There's some tough teams coming up. Not necessarily UTA, but there's some tough teams coming up on the road. And they need to finish that road trip strong.
1: You look at the uh, conference standings right now. Little Rock 12 or 11 and 0. South Alabama 8 and 2. Texas State 9 and 3. So if Parker's right and they go 2 and 1, you're looking at 11 and 4. I, you got to think that Little Rock drops a game sometime in between here. I think South Alabama is going to start coming down to earth. I, I like this Texas State team to finish top two.
2: I was going to say top two is probably where they're going to end up because I don't think you can catch Little Rock, but you can definitely catch South Alabama. And if this Texas State team is top two or three going into Sun Belt Conference play, then our tournament play, you know, no telling if they get hot against Little Rock, then they can they could run the table and they could make a, some hay in the NCAA tournament. I think too. Well, okay, you and Alex Gibbs need to calm down with that because it's if you win this, if you win
1: the Sun Belt Conference, you're going to end up playing a team. I want to say like a like a Duke or a Syracuse. Worst case scenario, you end up with a UConn. If anybody that runs up against UConn, it's over. It's game over. But I do think that this team can maybe get out of the first round of the NCAA tournament if they even get there. I don't want to put the cart before the horse.
2: Honestly, if they get there and play well against their first-round opponent and don't even win, that would still be, I think, pretty good for Texas State. As long as they go and don't get creamed, then that would be kind of bad. But if they even go and they make an appearance, they win a, if they win the first round even, oh my gosh, that would be crazy for this school.
0: Yeah, definitely. We haven't seen uh, either of these teams in uh, in an NCAA tournament since uh, for a oh, long time. I know the men's team, not since 1997.
1: I think the women's team was 03. Yeah, that,
0: sounds, that sounds about right. So, you know, 20 years to one team, about 15 years to the other, they are about to. Well, Parker, you we got to bring you to the fun part of our show now. We, we, uh, we give out. Oh, our-
2: so you're saying the first 30 minutes wasn't fun? <laughs> first 34 minutes? I thought I was having fun, guys. But well,
0: yeah, the, the the fun one, the one we get to keep score on, you know. uh oh, okay, the, the, okay. Our our picks that we make this week. I last week, I'll admit it. I went one and four. You know. He's garbage. Andrew throws up a lot of hard, a lot of hard ones to me. Okay, I try to be nice, give him some easy ones. He throws me some impossible ones,
1: <laughs> Brendan. Okay, Brendan gave me three or no two ACC schools last week. I hate the ACC. I despise the Atlantic Conference. So I don't understand why he's like giving me this grief right now.
2: You know, so you you can pick any any game that you just find interesting, and you have to, we have to pick who's going to win that game. So yeah, could uh, range I, from I, anything, I, I, right? You get five games, but are you going to throw out lacrosse or anything no, like that, no, or like, hockey, okay, or just, no, 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 don't worry about <laughs> it. Okay.
0: Yeah. Actually, if I hasn't talked to Andrew, we could throw in some hockey. I'd be for it. But mainly, since now football's over, it's mainly just going to be some basketball, throwing some NBA and college. Baseball's and, around the corner of that. Yeah, when baseball comes, we'll be we having that so we can predict, you know, random Wednesday afternoon game sevens of the year. Like, that Those would be fun. <laughs> sounds fun. Ready to go. All right, so looking in some NBA action coming up Tuesday night, February 6th. It's prime time. It's TNT, 930 at night. Oklahoma City Thunder travel to face Kevin Durant in Golden State.
2: Well, as a Rockets fan, I need Golden State to start losing games, but they Steve Kerr says they're a little bit tired. They need the all star break very bad. But they've lost a few games already and I don't see I don't see OKC beating them. I'm gonna have to go Golden State.
0: I was scrolling through the schedule I see the Mavs play Golden State on Thursday. That's good news. But sticking with uh, sticking with Thursday and some other NBA action, Boston Celtics going to travel th- to play the Washington Wizards. Not, I know Andrew just like doesn't give the Wizards any credit. I still think they can put something together. And Bo- Boston coming off, they played some of tough bonuses last week in the West Coast. This week they're at Toronto on Tuesday and then at Washington on Thursday. So no home games. Top teams, Eastern Conference, Celtics, Wizards. Who do you got?
2: Well, uh, Toronto gives them some trouble on Tuesday. They're going to be a little bit tired, but they do have a day of rest. And the Wizards just really aren't that good this year. I mean, they've kind of fallen off dramatically. So I got to go with the Celtics. Very good pick.
0: So for your, la- I have two college games on deck. I'm going give- to go ahead and give you the last NBA game beforehand, though. I'm going to go with New Orleans Pelicans at the Brooklyn Nets on Saturday at 5 p.m.
2: Boogie's gone, but they still have AD. I'm going Pelicans.
0: Interesting, interesting.
2: That's tough. Brooklyn that's is my cool. hipster team. Yeah, I
1: that's like why I, I knew, I knew there,
0: was some, there was some Brooklyn connection here. That's so why I had to throw it out there.
1: I'll go with that. I think the Pelicans is a good pick. All
0: right, then two, two – I found two big-time college games this week. Thursday, one of the biggest games of the year every year. Number nine, Duke at number 21, North Carolina from Chapel Hill. Everyone loves the Duke-UNC game except Andrew. Who do you got between uh, – the Blue Devils and the Huskies.
2: Well, I just I can't stand Grayson Allen our Duke at all, so I guess I have to go UNC. Not that I like them much better, but um, I'll go Tar Heels.
1: I just want to put this out here. The Tar Heels have been having some trouble as of late with uh,
2: some ranked schools.
0: I mean, Duke just lost to St. John's, a team that had lost seven straight.
2: <laughs> it's a rivalry game they're going to get up for. It. Both teams are going to play hard.
0: Yeah, those games are always so fun to watch. The college atmosphere in those games and those gyms, uh, fun to watch. Then another big-time ranked game I found on Saturday – Parker, before we came in here, I said, what? Purdue's ranked third in the nation? Yeah, if you didn't know, the Purdue Boilermakers are ranked third in the nation in college basketball. I do know because I and am on the grind. They are playing number four seed Michigan State from East Lansing.
1: Answer this question very carefully.
2: So what? So what, it is Michigan State versus Purdue is yeah. that coming up? Yes, on Saturday. And it's the three, four seed yep. going at it? But I... <laughs> Well, there's got to be a reason Purdue's ranked three, right? There's got to be something they're doing right over there. And I, I you know what? As much as I hate to pick a team like that, i, I got to go with Purdue. Purdue is very good.
1: They're very good at basketball.
0: Yeah, numbers add up just about even with Michigan State, but here's the difference. Purdue's won 19 games in a row. A, <laughs>
1: Purdue is a very good school.
0: Yeah, so those are our five picks. They a- Andrew gets to hide from making any wrong picks and gets behind Parker. Let's Parker make the picks for him I this think, week. I
1: think I think Parker. I'll let him pick make the picks for me. <laughs> I think he goes five and zero. Oh, honestly,
0: yeah, giving some ones should be interesting. You know, I was pol- personally I'll be polling for the Wizards against Boston and whatever, whatever I said for that Golden State game, I will not there, be polling. There was a, there was a few
2: trap games in there. I mean, Golden State OKC. You never really know that that OKC could play really amped up for that, which I assume they will um Boston uh Washington and eh, I don't I it's hard for me to see Washington beating that,
0: Boston uh, they, I don't know, they had a they had a really big time playoff series you know this the, in that last playoffs it's True they, you know they had a really good series with the, between those two teams so maybe wasn't Washington gets up for it Pretty sure it went to 7 games if What's not 6, six. It Went 6 it, was, it, w- it wasn't a good series and they have no good games I mean I right, know we're done here I don't want to talk to Andrew anymore <laughs> Thank <laughs> you for listening to Riding the Pine podcast <laughs> Be sure to check us out Bobcat Radio 11 to noon uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, sports update every day at 5. And make sure to get off the bench and go play.